Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Level three, level three, level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Arantzi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Networks. Uh, we'll get back to NFL football, college football, NHL, um, NHL hockey, and Cameron's going to step up and in. Anthony Davis went off tonight, 55 points. Pretty serious stuff. We'll get to that uh, momentarily. So as far as the World Cup is concerned, We'll spend more time on it during the week. We'll do a USA autopsy maybe tomorrow night when we have more time, a Canada autopsy as well, just sort of a report to, to, you know. But, you know, as far as the U.S., we have a couple minutes actually here for the AM radio affiliates. You've got some good, great young players on this team. There really is. I think you need to open things up a little bit and be a little bit more aggressive. But at the same point in time, if you get too aggressive, you're going to get killed at the, you know, with the, these European sides will kill you with the counterattack as we see. I get the, you know, I get it with both Canada and the U.S. kind of needing a change. I don't want to throw Herman under the bus. He made mistakes. He got too cocky. I think he was more worried about like how his hair looked. You could just see like, you know, even one of the Canadian panelists on on one of the shows who were pretty, they were pretty Homer like. But I noticed a couple of subtle shots, <laughs> like, uh, you know, about you know, it was De Guzman. De Guzman was there, and De Guzman said, you know. He said, players notice what you're wearing. Players notice your body language. Players notice your haircut. Like, he basically was saying, like, you know, Herman was kind of putting on a show. You could tell his, his ego got the best of him going into this thing. And he was humbled. But I wouldn't throw him under the bus. But, you know, I understand the frustration. The question is, can he take the program to the next level? Same with Burhalter. My guess is both Burhalter and Herman will both be coaching in 2026 at the, uh, at the World Cup. So that's my take. Uh, we'll get to it throughout the week. There'll be a lot of time for it. Japan and Croatia, Matthias. What do you think about this? Japan are plus 300. Croatia are plus 100. The draw is plus 230. I believe the Japanese style of football here, Matthias, could give the Croats some problems. Croatia are good, but they're a little bit older. The Japanese are very fast. They are relentless. Plus 300 seems like a high price here. I'm going to take a look at the Asian uh, handicap, the uh, the goal line, so to speak. What's your prediction, Japan-Croatia? Gabe, I don't want to overthink this. I kept thinking Japan and their energy is going to get the best out of this game. You know, Sweet 16, big time for them. But at the same time, Croatia knows how to win these games. And that's something that they reminded me in this group stage. You know, they're, they're, they're old, but they're not that old. You know, they, they've, beat some, they've, they've had some results in that group stage. Yeah, they don't like I, being called old again. either. They know people yeah, say they're old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling with them, Gabe. I think Croatia gets this done again. It's not like Japan yeah, but not easily though. Like, victories. what do you think by one? Like, I don't think they're gonna roll them. Oh no, it won't. Be. I think they'll win by one. If it's, it's two one, one zero, uh, two one, maybe if Japan gets one because it's a great game. You know, I, I do expect Japan to get a goal, but I think Croatia is just is a better soccer team. You know, they move the ball around better. They've been in this position before. That the moment's not going to get to them. I think Croatia gets this done and qualifies into the next round. All right, what do you think of um, what do you think of Brazil? Neymar says he feels good. Man, his ankle is pretty swollen, but he says he feels good. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bust, them, and everybody else in between. 
We're breaking it down here, man. It's the quickest 180 minutes in sports talk radio. Shout out to our AM radio affiliates, everybody in Southern California, the mightier 1090 ESPN radio. The baseball meetings continue in San Diego. They opened up shop today, and they continue through Wednesday. The last couple of years have been virtual. Um, three, you know, three years ago, when everybody was in person, there were a lot of big-time deals done. Uh, the Machado deal, the the, the Harper deal, uh, Strasburg. Like, this is when the money is spent, right? Like, you know what I mean? The holidays are coming up, and teams, you know, they do. You know, pitchers and catchers report pretty soon, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And for, for not delayed, they're not locked out anymore. So, you know what? It's in February, right? It's around the corner. It's time. Right, if you're gonna sign Aaron Judge, you got to make his jerseys. You've got to put him on, you know, uh, billboards, and you know, you got to put him on the season ticket packages, and you know, what I mean, like, you're gonna sign a player, you want to roll him out before Christmas and the holidays. You know, we're not doing this in January, a month before the season starts. It's it's gonna start happening over the next couple of days, guys. It'll be interesting to see. The Los Angeles Dodgers have been super quiet, man. I gotta tell you, I don't know what their deal is. I know that uh, Anthony Davis has been anything but super quiet. Anthony Davis has made 40 field goals over his last two games, tied for the most by any player over a two-game span the last 20 seasons, joining Kobe Bryant. Pretty impressive. We rip AD a lot, as does everybody. We call him street clothes and all that other stuff, but AD is balling right now, dropping uh, 55 points, 17 rebounds, and three blocks against the Wizards. He's just the second player with 55 points, 15 rebounds, and three blocks in a game since blocks became official in 1973-74. Joining Lurch, Frankenstein, Kevin McHale, pulled it off March 3rd, 1980. Five. The Dallas Cowboys pulled it off and absolutely smashed the Indianapolis Colts. But the game was actually close for a while until uh, then it wasn't. San Francisco wins the football game, but they might have lost the war. Brock Purdy did play well, but Jimmy G is out for the season. He's got a broken foot. Don't feel bad for Jimmy. I imagine he's going to have a bunch of like really hot nurses all over him. Cameron wishes he had hot nurses all over him. Instead, he's got us. This is Sports Rage. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Sunday, bloody Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi, the Pimps, the Players, the Hustlers, the Bavanos, and everybody else in between. We're kicking it. Sports Grid Radio Network, Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in beautiful Southern California, 97.1, the freak in Dallas, Fort Worth. Let's do this thing. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. A lot of stuff to get to. Babano, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? Yeah, lots to get to. NFL, college football winding down. Uh, the playoffs are set. The bowl games have been announced. So lots to talk about. 
Yeah, let's get to the um, let's get to the college football playoff odds. Uh, first up, Abano, Ohio State gets in. They take on the Georgia Bulldogs in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia. Are minus six and a half. The total is fifty nine and a half. And despite losing to K State on Saturday, TCU punches their ticket as the three seed. They'll face the Michigan Wolverines um, at the Fiesta Bowl in Glendale. Uh, the total is 59 and a half. The Michigan Wolverines lay nine and a half. What are your thoughts on the opening numbers, Babana? Yeah, my first thoughts with Ohio State Georgia are, you know, Georgia's really been good in these big game environments under Kirby Smart the last several they've been in. I mean, straight up NATS. And it's not just from winning the national championship last year against Alabama, but even this year, their big step up in class games, you got the best out of Georgia. Simply, you got their best game against Oregon when they throttled the Ducks in the very first game of the season. I think their next biggest game all season was Tennessee. And in that game, they were basically dominant. I mean, the final score is actually flattering to Tennessee because they took their foot off the gas pedal in the second half. So my first thought is I'm now seeing Georgia laying less than a touchdown. I'm not in a rush to step in front of Georgia here, especially when you look at a lot of the flaws that Michigan kind of exposed out of Ohio State. Uh, in the uh, loss to the Wolverines uh, in the final game of the regular season where the run defense was gashed. That could be trouble against Georgia. You know, defensive issues come to the forefront again because Georgia's offense is as explosive as it's ever been with the run, with the pass, with Bowers, the tight end, with the receivers, with Bennett playing at a high level. You know, there's definitely matchup concerns for Ohio State's defense. And as good as we like C.J. Stroud in that Ohio State offense, and we think they can be pretty uh, potent, you can't forget the fact they got shut down completely by the Michigan Wolverines in that second half. And it ain't going to get any easier. In fact, it could only get tougher going up now against the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know, right now my early lean is the Bulldogs laying less than a tutty. I can't uh, I can't argue uh, with that. I think the number is light. The only fear, Babano, listen, number one, you're betting a football game now that you have to wait until New Year's Eve to, to actually watch and get your money back on, which is somewhat of an issue. And there's always the injury situation, right? During practices leading up to these games, suspensions, Babano, injuries. You never really know with college fully what's going to happen, although these teams are pretty much very business and professional-like, so I wouldn't expect too much chaos. But injuries do happen. But just cosmetically, as you stated, Georgia, to me, they're just, they, they don't get a ton of respect in which they're just they've been the most dominant team in college football for the last two years, Babano, and they're laying less than a touchdown. Not to mention the game is in Atlanta, bro. It's basically a home game for them. Yeah, yeah. With all due respect to the Ohio State fan base, and I'm sure they'll travel in droves. It's still pretty much Georgia advantage, big time. That game being at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, no question about that within their own state. So you know it's still yeah. Like be how much of a difference would it make, Babano, if this game was in Columbus? You and I would have a different take. We'd be like, wow, well they're going into Columbus on New Year's Eve, the weather, and this is tough, and it'd be different. It just is. But you know what? Ohio State were lucky to get in, bro, so screw them. They have to go to Atlanta. I don't mind the punishment. <laughs> and, and it could be punishment when it's all said and done because I was praising Jim Knowles, uh, the defensive coordinator hire uh, in the offseason. They got him from Oklahoma State many great years with Mike Gundy there. They started the season. That looked like a much improved defense. But later as time went on, you saw Ohio State start to give up more points. How the Maryland game stands out, too the right before the Michigan game where That's the Ohio point, State yeah. defense looked a little bit weaker and starting to give up big plays downfield and starting to get gashed on the ground a little bit. Well, that could be trouble against Georgia. So right now it just feels like, you know, and with this game being in Atlanta, you already have to award at least two, if not a full three points to Georgia for home field. So when you factor that in, it actually makes that six and a half look very reasonable to back the Bulldog side. What are your thoughts on Michigan laying nine and a half against TCU? I, I I keep thinking that with Max Duggan's heart and his guts and his resilience and this narrative that I'm sure you're going to hear about whether TCU belonged and because they played in the Big 12, they lost to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. The Bama backers will have you believe they deserve to get in there over TCU. TCU deserve to get in. They deserve I am, to get I'm in. with you 100%. I said it. TCU, I fully agree with them getting in. They're a one-loss team that lost a heartbreaker in overtime in their conference championship game. We're going to penalize them for that and put them – to the side instead of and put Alabama in with two losses. No, can't do that. In my opinion, that didn't even play this weekend. Didn't even get to their conference championship game. No, I, I totally agree. TCU deserves to be there. And I'm reluctant to, you know, lay almost a d double digits against them because uh, they, their offense is very good. Uh, Kendra Miller, Duggan and company, 
You know, the defense holding up against Michigan, that's another story because this Michigan offense is rounding into form. We'll see Donovan Edwards, who's been fine. J.J. McCarthy's getting more and more confident throwing the ball. He threw the ball very well, I thought, in the Big Ten championship against Purdue. My first thought is the total might be the way I look in this game. I think it can get over 59.5. Weather won't be an issue. We're indoors in Glendale, home of the Arizona Cardinals. So I think we'll see points both ways in that game. That's my first gut feel in that game. Yeah, I think there'll be points in that game as well. I think Michigan will win the game, but TCU are a very good football team, and that that back door will always be open at that type of number, right? If Michigan are up by 14 or or so, and listen, TCU can play. Just because they lost to K-State doesn't mean that they can't ball, but I think Michigan are on another level uh, than than TCU, and I think the odds makers, you know, they set the number uh, for a reason, at uh, at nine and a half, but I would imagine there would be points in this game. It was the same thing in Ohio State. Look, the game sailed over the number, and you saw last night Michigan and Purdue. The game sails over the number. Michigan's offense is not talked about enough with their efficientness in which they do. I mean, they're going to get into the 40s. That's what they do, right? They're going to get into the mid 40s on you, and they're going to play defense, and that's why uh, they come into this uh, football game with a 13 and 0 record. So. Looking overall at the slate of bowl games, there's a lot of bad teams that are playing. And I tweeted out earlier that's the worst slate of bowl games that I can ever remember. You know, it doesn't mean we're not going to bet at them, and it doesn't mean there's not going to be some entertaining games along the way. But, bro, when you've got like 41 bowl games now, there you can barely get to enough teams. They didn't get to enough teams. Like, you know what I mean? you got five win teams in bowl games now. And the five-win teams, you know, the highest five-win teams because, uh, you know, you get in whoever has the highest grade, uh, best GPA grade levels. But, you know, what are we doing here? You know, I get it. I don't have a problem with watching it and betting it. But it used to be, like, that I would just, like, be anti-social Babano and stay in and <laughs> and and not enjoy the holidays because I'm watching bowl games. This bowl game, I'm like, you know what? I guess I will uh, go out that night. You know, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of, like, yeah, okay. You know, not that it's not some good. Yeah, listen, that Rose Bowl is really cool. The Alamo Bowl, the Rose Bowl with Penn State and Utah is really cool. I think the Alamo Bowl with Washington and Texas is a fun football game. There's a few cool games, but bad. But overall, it's pretty underwhelming. And there's some terrible teams uh, in the bowls. Yeah, there's some weak matchups for sure. So you're not saying you're going to flock to the TV set for five and seven Rice versus six and six Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl? No. I'll take, yeah, I'll take Southern Miss. Yeah, I'll take Southern Miss. Five and seven rice, and here they are in a bowl game. So, yeah, you said it. There's some five-win teams, and that's where we're at. And it's because some of the six and six teams don't even want to go into these bowl games. They decline, and then they're forced to look at a five and seven team instead. Because it costs them money yeah. <laughs> to go to the bowl game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So They don't get paid enough money, guys. If you want, what do you need to cost them money? Let's say a bowl offers them like $700,000 or $500,000. They got to pay for hotels. They've got to like. They've got to bring all the kids there. They got to pay for food. Like the bowl isn't going to pay for everything. These lower tier bowls don't pay for everything. So as Babano stated, some of these teams, it's not even worth it for them to go to a bowl game. Yeah. Plus they don't know if. They, plus they got to make sure that the fan base is going to show up. That's well, a big part of it. No, they don't have fan bases. <laughs> like they don't. Like the stadiums. Not ones that are going to travel to wherever they're playing. Oh, a couple of hundred people, Babano. You know what I'm saying? The families at a couple of hundred. You know what I mean? I don't know, like 15. Like, yeah, it's bad, bad. They're made for TV. ESPN doesn't care. ESPN owns like pretty much every bowl game now, you know, with the exception of the big ones there. And, you know, that's the college football playoff stuff. But they don't care. It's made for TV, right? It's, it doesn't matter. They don't care how many people are at the Bahamas Bowl. It's just made for TV. They don't care how many people show up to the White Bowl. It's just for TV. Uh, more of a battle on the other side. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. So, Babano, Monday Night Football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lay three and a half to the visiting New Orleans Saints. The total is 41. And I look at the number at three and a half, and I think, well, it's Andy Dalton versus Tom Brady. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus an underachieving, underperforming New Orleans Saints football team, and it's only three and a half points. But then I sort of remember that we've seen this and said this before about Tampa. Well, how do they not win at Cleveland, right? How Oh, how do they not win versus this team? And we've seen it time and time again. Point blank, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just aren't a very good football team. That's the issue. Do you trust this offense right now? Anything you've seen from them lately in terms of finishing drives, in terms of moving the football, consistently moving the chains, and their red zone offense now for weeks has been abysmal for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Aside from, I believe, the first half against Seattle when they played overseas in Germany, I think that's the only time I've seen their team really finish drives with touchdowns in the red zone consistently. You know, it's almost like they need to go to Germany again to get the offense going. Uh, at this point, but no, it's been just absolutely dreadful. Uh, and it's gotten going to get worse before it gets better. The O line's been banged up all year. They've had a different starting combination on that O line all year. And now you lose Tristan Wirfs, another key veteran member of that offensive line after last week's game. So you wonder now where's the run game going to open up? Where's the pass protection going to be? Is there going to be an opportunity for these routes to develop down the field? It's now the offensive line health is getting worse, not better. And don't look now for as much as I don't like the way I'm seeing from the Saints offense either, which is probably why the under's a good bet in this game. And Andy Dalton obviously hasn't played great in recent weeks. The Saints defense is getting better. There's no question about that. We talked earlier in the year, and we were betting against the Saints a bit, and that defense couldn't stop anybody for a bit. But you look at the last few weeks, they played better. And the way they played against San Francisco last week in that 13 nothing game, they bottled up Jimmy G in that very, very good, well-schemed 49ers offense. For much of that game, they're getting healthier. They're getting a pass rush again. The cornerback play has been getting better. And I don't trust the Bucs offense to navigate against a Saints defense that's getting better uh, by the week. So I'm taking the above the field goal with New Orleans, and I certainly think everybody's on to it. The total's been crashing down, and with good reason, points are probably going to be very few and far between here. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, kick it with us. Babano, one team that is trending in an upwards direction right now, the Las Vegas Raiders, are suddenly on a three-game win streak. They still have some work to do to play themselves into the playoffs, but nevertheless, a three-game win streak is a three-game win streak. And I bring them up because they are playing on Thursday night football against an injury-ravaged and depleted Los Angeles Rams football team that nearly pulled the upset off today. And you know what? I thought it was a dangerous game for Seattle. And I told people that on um, in-game live today with Scotty Farrell before kickoff. That I, and I called it to a T, basically, that one. I wasn't right about everything, but I said Seattle will win, but it won't be like easy like people think. Like the Rams will show up today, and they did. You know, it happens. John Wolford can play. But with that being stated, I almost think it's almost just worse now for the Rams to have to play on Thursday uh, right now, especially if maybe if they won the game, they would have a little bit more of a spark. But every Ram player knows the season's over. They won the Super Bowl last year. Stafford's out for the year. It's just they want to get the season over with at this point in time. Numbers a little high though, isn't it? You know, it's, uh, Raiders are laying five and a half. Babano returning to their former home, so they're going to be very comfortable. Babano, it's a short trip from Vegas. Number one, number two, the Raiders have as many fans in LA still to this day as the Rams do. It'll be like a Raiders home game. Let's just call it out for what it is. Especially with the Rams sucking uh, right now, Raider Nation will take this building over. Total is forty-three and a half. What's your take on Thursday Night Football? 
I mean, somebody should tell me, no, Ian, don't do it anytime I consider laying points with the Raiders. <laughs> it's probably the only way I could bet it from a side I bet them today. I yeah. bet them today. I was like, you know what? They're going to win. And they did. So the Rams, look, uh, the Rams did give it their all today against Seattle. Is under Look, Tutu Atwell is their best receiver right now. It tells you all you need to know about the status of the injuries with the L.A. Rams uh, right now. I mean, it's just absolutely a brutal situation. Defense, offense, both sides of the cups out, Stafford's out. They're down to John Wolford, who was good at times, but also made a couple critical mistakes, which you expect when you're talking about a quarterback like that starting for them. But the effort was there. And I think part of the reason the effort was good it's because it was a divisional game still. You know, you're playing Seattle. You've got some history uh, with that football team, uh, and you still want to beat them in a division game. This is different now. You're out of the conference. You're playing an AFC team that's out of the playoffs pretty much. Is that same fire going to be there for the Rams, for this banged-up, shorthanded, depleted team? And keep in mind, these are new faces that are going to have to play, uh, travel and prepare on the fly. Or, or not travel, but prepare on the fly for a quick short week game. And that's tough to do when you're battling a ton of injuries like the Rams are. And let's not forget what Las Vegas did last year in the month of December. Everybody counted them out, said they're dead, you know, they're finished. Rich Passaccia takes over and then they have their best month of the season in December and they get red hot and they win, 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 win. They get into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs this year, but it's kind of got that same feel to it. You know, the pressure's off. They, they already bottomed out. And now here they are getting red hot again in the month of December. Kind of feels like last year's Raiders late season run. So I'm definitely not in a rush to step in front of this sudden little surge we've seen from the Raiders, especially when you look at it being a very depleted, shorthanded, nothing to play for Rams team playing a non-division team after a big divisional game today. So, yeah, I would only look at the Las Vegas side. Do I love laying five and a half with this team? Hell no, but I think that's the side I got to look at. Yeah, I'll have the Raiders. I think the Raiders will find a way to win the football game again. I'll put them in money line parlays. We'll see about the point spread. As it is now, the Raiders are in 10th place in the AFC. Of course, the top seven make it. So they're within striking distance. The The New York Jets are hanging on to the last spot right now at seven and five. But the New York Jets are playing the Buffalo Bills this week, all right, in Buffalo. So, you know, I would expect that the New York Jets are going to lose this game. And suddenly they're going to be seven and six. The Patriots are six and six, and the Chargers are six and six right now. So, yes, it's an uphill climb, but there's still five games left. There's still, you know, the Raiders are, are going to be motivated to keep this win streak going and at least play meaningful football games uh, as as uh, Christmas approaches. You know, there's a really interesting game. Speaking of uh, another team, it's on the playoff cusp right now, Babano, although going in the wrong direction, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers playing in the same stadium as we're just talking about the Rams at SoFi. Sunday night football. The Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers, both teams coming off of losses uh, today. And I'm, you know, listen, I'm I was on the I uh, was on the Raiders, so I wasn't surprised about that. But I was on the Miami Dolphins, and especially when Jimmy G won out, you would figure, okay, Miami's going to win this football game now. But give credit to Brock Purdy, he made plays, and San Francisco got it done today. But Jimmy G's out for the year right now. That's just devastating news for the San Francisco 49ers. And this is a big-time football game between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Chargers. And the big thing about this game, Abano, is, too, that Tua and Justin Herbert are joined at the hip, right? They're, so, they're always going to be compared because they were, taken, uh, they were taken right there in the same draft. So let the comparisons begin. And yep. this, this is a do-or-die game for the Los Angeles Chargers. And, you know, the Miami Dolphins are going to make the playoffs, but the division is starting to slip away from them. Yeah, I mean, uh, the division is slipping away from the Miami. How, by the way, how good of a Sunday was this for your Buffalo Bills? The entire AFC East loses this weekend, and the Chiefs yep. lose as well. A great how about week. that? Yeah. Now they're in control of their own destiny for the rest of the season. Yeah. They win out, they'll be the, yeah, well, if they win out, they don't have to win out, but depending on what other, other people do, because they beat the Chiefs, they have the tiebreaker. So, yes, they were massive for the Bills. Everything fell into place. Miami lost, and Kansas City lost at Cincinnati. That's three times in a row the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs, but Benno. Yep, exactly. They got everything they wanted. Jets lost, Dolphins lost, and of course they beat the Pats head-to-head -head, uh, on Thursday night. So everything's working out for them. This Dolphins-Chargers game, look, I don't think I could bet Miami unless I know those two starting tackles are going to be back. And Teron Armstead's one of the best left tackles in the National Football League. And did you see what that offensive line looked like today without him against San Francisco? Couldn't block, couldn't protect. Two is scrambling around. But at the same time, 
There were instances when McDaniel designed plays to shift the pocket, get Tua out of the pocket, and he had some time to throw, and he was just missing open receivers, high with throws, wide left and wide right with throws, not like Tua. And I'm wondering, is that just Tua off his game, or was the impact of those two starting tackles missing, speeding him up, speeding his decision-making and his thought process up to the point where he was rushing his throws because he looked totally different than what we've seen. It's a combination of both. I think you're right. He was off. He was off today, but he was running for his life a lot, and he's been protected pretty well so far this year. Let's also not forget a lot of people think that's the best defense in the National Football League. Yeah. I'm not saying it is, but a lot of people say that's not an easy place to play in the Bay Area either, right? It was it was a combination of things, but you know, hey, that was an ass kicking. Prop to the San, you know, that's why people buy into San Francisco so much, Babano, because when they're on their game, right, they can just run the ball down your throat. But I don't know, man. Now they got to do it. Like you said, it was a good. You're right. It was a great weekend for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills win on Thursday against the Patriots. Uh, the Jets lose. Not that the Jets are a real threat, but nevertheless, the Jets did lose. More importantly, the Dolphins lose, and the Dolphins go to Buffalo um, in a couple of weeks, and then the Kansas City Chiefs lose. So as we say, the Buffalo have the one seed now and, and control their own destiny as the one seed, but I'll be taking the Miami Dolphins in this game. I think they'll bounce back, but Bano, I just have zero belief in the Los Angeles Chargers now. Well, I really have gotten a lot lower on the Chargers after what I saw today against the Raiders. I mean, a defense that got ripped apart for much of that game. Uh, the offense could not. They're really banged up on the offensive line, too. I'm kind of with you. I could probably only take Dolphins, but I just really like it more if I get Armstead and the right tackle back as well because they clearly missed yeah. them. That being said, you're right. The pass rush of the Niners is a lot better than what any pass rush you're seeing, which isn't much from the Chargers, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and it's easier to run the ball on, on the Chargers than it is the Niners. So it's, yeah. just, it's easier to play the Chargers than the Niners. Let's call As it, for the know? Bills. Hold on, hold on. Hold, hold, hold that thought. We'll get to this in the next second. I wanted to get to a couple of hockey game too. The late night anger management class. This is Fortrade. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Throwing it down with Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano. We appreciate his time. We're into overtime here uh, with Babano, but we never even got into the National Hockey League. But, Babano, as we were going into the last break, you were saying something about the Buffalo Bills. What are your thoughts on the Buffalo Bills? Well, my thoughts are I would love to know if there's been how many situations there have been to this point where Sean McDermott, since he's been here, the Buffalo Bills have faced a team with same-season revenge. Because off the top of my head, I don't think it's happened a ton. But when it has happened, they've been very good in these situations, both straight up and ATS. I'm pretty sure of that. And, of course, they're going to have two opportunities here down the stretch for same-season revenge. The Jets game on Sunday, the Dolphins game uh, later on this month. And let's just put it this way. I won't be going against Buffalo in either of those games in those spots at home off-road losses earlier this year to both teams in really heartbreaking fashion, too both of those games winnable game against the jets winnable game against the dolphins mike white was all right today but you could tell his 
he it was tougher for him on the road in a more hostile environment against a better defense. Let's be honest, Chicago can't stop anybody. So we can't go too crazy about how Mike White played in that game against the Bears. It was more difficult. They left a lot of points on the board. Terrible red zone offense today from the Jets. It's really what cost them the game. He moved the ball in between the 20s, but red zone offense, lack of it, lack of execution in that area, got them beat. You don't execute in the red zone Sunday in Buffalo against the Bills. They'll run you out because they're going to probably get their points. And the Jets' defense, I didn't like what I saw from them against Minnesota. There were big plays made by Cousins and some and Jefferson, some of those receivers. I think the Buffalo offense that bogged down in the second half of the prior meeting against the Jets make their adjustments. That offense is starting to rev up. I like that they're incorporating the run now. They haven't forgotten to run the football. That was a great job in the, the second half against New England to do that. Time-consuming drives. You know, keep that, de- uh, keep that offensive Allen on the field. That's significant. I think that's the game plan here. Uh, I would look Buffalo in a first half full game split quite possibly. Yeah, Buffalo first half too, Babano. Uh, you know, yeah. listen, they're nine and a half. Why not take them in the first half? I agree with you. I think they'll be out for vengeance uh, versus a division rival that they lost to. Bills are minus nine and a half in the football game. The total is 44 and a half. Ian Cameron kick with us. I am Gabriel Morenci. So, Babano, let's get into the National Hockey League. We got a six pack of games. On Monday night, let's start off with the Boston Bruins, who you know continue to make history on this legendary epic home win streak that they're on to start the season. None of us saw this coming in the hockey world that the Boston Bruins are going to be uh, this good uh, this year. They're twenty and three on the season, and they're fourteen and zero at home. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this here, how do you go against Boston at home right now? It's just insane. I mean, and that was as impressive as it gets against uh, Colorado. Uh, obviously on Saturday night. This is the big Bruce Cassidy Bowl. We know we had the uh, the Deshaun Watson Bowl uh, on Sunday in the NFL. We had the Matthew Kachuk Bowl when he uh, went to with uh, as a member of the Florida Panthers back to Calgary last week. This is your Bruce Cassidy Bowl. Uh, returning to Boston now as the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, obviously there's going to be that sentiment for Vegas that, uh, you know, the coach is going back to the team that fired him. Uh, we got to get this W, but I don't think Boston's going to relinquish a home ice victory easily. They want to keep their own streak going. It's a hell of a hockey game. I'm looking forward to it, but I just am not stepping in front of the Bruins, Gabe. Just not doing it. I know you could say there's value on Vegas, that now you're laying a premium. Like, we're laying a buck seventy-five here with Boston against a very good Vegas Golden Knights team. But you're also laying a big price with Boston against the defending champs, and Boston still got it done. So I ain't stepping in front of the Bees, Gabe. Not at all. Not right now. I played the Bruins. I laid minus 165 against the Abs. As you stated right now, it's up to 75 slash 78 cents. Boston Bruins hosting the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The total is six at FanDuel. Speaking of the Colorado Avalanche, the Avalanche Babano in Philadelphia, minus 205 road favorites. Yeah, this is an abs and regulation spot for me. Most teams that are going to want to bounce back from a loss against Philadelphia are going to do so. Just like New Jersey. I cashed a ticket with New Jersey uh, in regulation Saturday night against the Flyers. They were off a loss to Nashville. They came back. They beat the Flyers. Colorado should do the same. Colorado hasn't been great. Now, they do have some injuries. I mean, a couple on the blue line, still without Big Val Nachushkin and Landeskog, among some others up front. Evan Rodriguez is out. So this is definitely not a team playing their best right now, and they're a little shorthanded, Colorado, but they've got enough in them, I think, to beat Philadelphia. They did get shut out by Winnipeg. They bounced back. They beat Buffalo. Then they had that loss to Boston on Saturday night. But Philadelphia, I keep hearing the same crap from Tortorella after every game. We're trying hard. We're working our ass off, but we got to make more plays. It's basically the same stuff he's reciting after every loss, and which is true. They're playing hard. The work ethic's there, but they have no finish consistently offensively. So I'd look at the avalanche and regulation there. Two of the more disappointing teams so far in the National Hockey League, the St. Louis Blues and the New York Rangers face off in the world's most famous arena in Manhattan. You know what surprises me, Babano? Listen, the Rangers, they're a 500 hockey club. They're 11, 10, 4, and 1. You know, they just haven't gotten, you know, any 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 sort of rhythm going and, you know, any prolonged win streaks going. But what's really surprising is they're four, six, uh, three, and one at home. They've lost five of their last six hockey games. And then you look at the St. Louis Blues. I mean, this is a team of battle that, you know, they lost eight in a row. And then they won like eight, eight of their 10 uh, next games. And now they've lost five of their last six games again. No one's streakier than the St. Louis Blues uh, are. But both these teams have lost five of their last six hockey games. 
Yeah, there's no way I'm taking the Rangers. It's a question of will I take St. Louis? Because the Rangers, you know, they lost to Chicago at home. And Jacob Truba is basically in a fight after a big hit on Athenasiou. And after the fight, he throws his helmet away and off the ice. And he's gesturing to his team like, wake up, show some life, show some energy, show that you care, show that you want to win. So this is bad times right now for the New York Rangers. I mean, their offense has been hit or miss. Their defense has fallen apart. Shesterkin looks human right now in net. Uh, it's all kinds of issues. Special teams have been lousy, and they're getting killed in the face-off circle. They don't possess the puck enough because they lose every face-off. And then you've got St. Louis, who's a mess. Their defense is crumbling. Goaltending's been shaky from Bennington. Barube called his team out after the loss to Pittsburgh on Saturday night, saying, you know, no, not, not enough guys are on board. We Nobody's showing up. We need everybody on board. Uh, we're just doing a lot. Uh, called it a horse bleep effort the other night. Called out his own goalie, Jordan Bennington, for his antics. Well done. I applaud Craig Berube for that. I'm sick of them, too. I'm sick of him hitting guys out of the net. I'm sick of him trying to act like he can body check players as a goaltender. I'm sick of him gesturing and jaw jacking to the bench when he gets pulled like he's so cool. You got your ass pulled. You sucked in the game. You couldn't stop the puck. And you have the gall to jaw jack and, and, and flap your gums to the opposing bench. Grow up, Jordan Bennington. I, I, I'm right with – I agree 100% with Berube. I've had enough of his antics, too. Enough, and I'm glad he finally said something about it. So these are two dumpster fires right now, but in a price like this, you take the dog or your pass, as far as I'm concerned. I agree with you as far as Bennington is concerned. He just talks much too much, and you're not even good anymore. You're not even playing well, right? Like when you won the Stanley Cup and stuff, you can have a little attitude, but he's been a problem, and he is a problem. And I think, as you stated, even his own team and coaching staff are sick of um, of his actions so let's keep this roll of a band. The Washington Capitals, man, this road trip has been going on forever, it feels like. <laughs> like a lot of road trips will sort of you know, last the week, but they were on the road last week in you know in Western Canada. It just continues, and they roll into Edmonton on Monday night. The Edmonton Oilers are minus 160 favorites in this game. The total is six and a half a band. Yeah, I mean, this one is I'm – I'm definitely not looking to take Washington. Washington has definitely been a team that's had a tough season so far, the road trip. They actually started out okay, but then they had that blown lead against Seattle. They lost and couldn't follow it up. They lose to Calgary. And Edmonton might be starting to get on a bit of a run right now, playing a little bit better. They've had a nice little st- stretch here, uh, beat Montreal. Montreal always gives – you know, good teams fits. So when he beat Montreal, you, that's, you, you take the win. I mean, you don't say, oh, you only beat Montreal. No, Montreal gets up for the good teams. They have uh, all season long. So, no, I like what I'm seeing from Edmonton. They're getting some secondary scoring, some other guys stepping up. Stuart Skinner, I think, has definitely taken over as the starting goaltender for now because Jack Campbell's confidence continues to be at an all-time low. So if it's Skinner and net, I'd probably, you know, an Edmonton team total over or a regulation bet on the Oilers just to get a better price. I'd probably look in that direction. All right, Papano, we got two more games on the way out to here. The Arizona Coyotes and the Calgary Flames. Flames are minus 320 um, home favorites. A total of six. One thing with Arizona, they're, they're always this such massive, massive underdogs on the road, but they've actually won quite a few road games. Um, they're 7-11. 7-11, um, you know, and 2-2 two and two on the season, but they're 6-9, 1-2 on the road, and they always are such big dogs. Calgary, big favorites in this game, Papano. Yeah, Calgary has had their way with Arizona. A lot of teams have, but Calgary 5-0 and uh, in the last five meetings. They beat them 9-1 to uh, in Calgary the last time these two teams faced off head-to-head last year. Uh, Arizona's just been on the road too much, and they're running on fumes. The effort's still been commendable. I mean, they took Vancouver to overtime, but... You know, they've just been on the road too damn long. They haven't been at home since uh, early November, and they've got uh, finally they're going to get back home to Mullet Arena. I could see this team just just dying to get home. I mean, it's, they've, like I said, they've been on a road for a month. I'm not really looking for reasons to bet Arizona. But, you know, you want to lay this price with Calgary here, minus 330, go knock yourself out. I'm not going to. They've been a little dubious at times laying these big numbers. You know, you'd like to think they can get on a run after beating Washington 5-2, but there's been a lot of win-loss, win-loss in this Flames team. And we'll see who's in net. Markstrom said he sucks right now. If he's back in net, you'd think that'll uh, get him going, hopefully, calling himself out for needing to be better in net. But uh, I think maybe if, if I were to bet Calgary, I'd look at the team total. That way I can eliminate uh, the big price. And finally, in closing, a Montreal Canadiens and a Vancouver Canucks. A lot of Montreal Canadian fans in Vancouver it's always um, it's always an electric night when the Canadians play in Vancouver. They they go to Vancouver once a year and they've had success. They're seven and three in their last ten trips. 
uh, to British Columbia. Uh, they're 15 and six against the Canucks the last 21 times that they played. So historically, it's just sort of been one of those one of those series and rivalries that the Canadians have got the better of. But to be honest, Carey Price used to be on the Canadians, and Carey Price is from BC and you know won a lot of those hockey games. But without being stated. You just can't trust the Canucks laying this type of number, Babano. They're they're too big of favorites here, in my opinion. They are. They are. And Montreal beat them, of course, in November at home, 5-2 to two in Montreal. Now they go to uh, Vancouver uh, and try to uh, play them here. And I'll say this, that Montreal's always played Vancouver tough here in Vancouver. You look at the last four trips they've had. They beat them 5 or they lost 5-3 last year, but it was close. They beat them the year before. Uh, uh, three to two or five to one rather in Vancouver, and then a two to one shootout win for Vancouver the year before in Vancouver, five to Montreal before that. So they've been close games, and I, I'd lean to Montreal. I, I took Montreal as a big dog against Calgary. I took and won. Took them again against Edmonton and lost. I'm probably going to look to them again. You look, add up the number of times Montreal's been in this, you know, close to plus 200 dog range or the higher underdog range and how they've competed in games like this. They seem to step up for them. So, and we know Vancouver can't be trusted consistently one night to the next defensively, especially uh, as a bigger favorite in this range. I mean, you already saw multiple examples of uh, Vancouver struggling, you know, laying bigger numbers this year uh, throughout the season. So I would look at Montreal here potentially as a dog that's got a shot. Yeah, Vancouver are actually better in games that they're not supposed to win. Whatever you sort of count on Vancouver to win, when people think, oh, this is a game that they're going to win. Look, they beat Arizona the other night, but it did take overtime. Um, Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, Sunday, bloody Sunday. Great stuff, uh, Babano. We broke down a hell of a lot of uh, games. We'll catch up with you on Wednesday, and we'll talk some uh, more college football, NFL football, NHL hockey, and more. Yeah, absolutely, Gabe. And one last thing about Montreal, too. If the team totals two and a half, bet that over because they seem to be able to get three goals a lot. And Vancouver's capable of giving up three. So that might be something I consider there. Yeah, and I would go over one and a half goals scored in the first period uh, as well. But, battle, always a pleasure. We'll see you on Wednesday night. All right, Gabe. Good as always. Thanks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. soccer picks to get to on the way out here we're gonna take listen man japan beat germany and they beat spain all right they can hang with croatia i'm gonna take japan plus one and a half goals parlayed with brazil to win the match i think that's a, i think it's a strong parlay japan plus one and a half and brazil to win all right it's um minus 172 
that's ah, a little pricey. It is and it isn't. You can, you know, alter. And we're going to have some other plus money type stuff or, you know, more even money. But that's one of the plays. I can also tell you, we tweeted it out before the game. We took a Dallas Cowboys money line, Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line, Brazil to win the match in 90 minutes parlay at plus 135. Right? So it evens out. We play some plus money. We lay some juice. But we're going to play that parlay at minus 172. Here's another parlay. Um, Croatia and Japan to go under three and a half alternate line uh, to the under Brazil and South Korea to go under three and a half. That's minus 132. Both games to go under three and a half. Uh, Brazil and South Korea. Let's go a corner kick in the first nine minutes and 59 seconds. We'll also get a corner kick in the first nine minutes and 59 seconds of Japan and Croatia. Um, Croatia, a pretty physical team. They haven't been calling a lot of cards. These card props have been pretty you know, money in the bank. But this Japan-Croatia match, I think, could get chippy. Brazil and South Korea, I do not believe. South Korea, Brazil only have two cards in the entire tournament. Brazil, you know, aren't a card-like team. And uh, South Korea have five, but I think they got three of them in one of their games. And so even five in three games, you add it up, there's like one card per game. Take the under three and a half cards. Matias, who are you, who you taking tomorrow? Croatia to win by one and Brazil to advance? I'm going with Croatia advance, and I'm going with Brazil, dude. I like the over two in the Croatia Canadian, and I like the over two and a half in the South Korean, The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Other night, you're on your own. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.